As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Hey guys, RJ here, day three. And first, thank you, thank you, thank you. The response has been outstanding. And some of you have said, you know, RJ, I'm not a gambler. I don't bet. And I was skeptical. But here's our goal, and we make a promise every day, is if you do bet, you can't afford not to listen But every fan will learn things that the other fans are missing. And today, we got Joel Klatt, bottom of the hour. Why Joel Joel Klatt? Because he knows college football. And we want to pick his brain and make money from Joel Klatt. We won't tell him that. But we want to make money from Joel Klatt. Also, we're going to be talking about Butler, NBA, Minnesota. Where's he going to end up and what would the effects be in Vegas? We're going to talk about, I'm a Steeler fan wide receiver Brown, and the aftermath and the way Vegas reacted to his, uh, I don't know, what's the right word? Um, childishness? Is that a fair word? I Maybe, and I'm a fan, but boy, it seems like in Pittsburgh there's a lot of distractions for a team that hasn't won a game yet. Here in Vegas, we're joined by NFL expert Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers with all the college football knowledge and we're joined from the fox studios by the fans champ jonas knox thank you rj (laughs) yes a showtime here from the geico fox sports radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance visit geico.com for a free rate quote we like to start off every show rj with the vegas perspective on the biggest sports story of the day and it involves a book out from Ian O'Connor 
called Belichick, in which he details some more dysfunction and stories of a not-so-harmonious relationship between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Yeah, and every Tuesday, we had him on yesterday, Michael Lombardi joins straight out of Vegas, and he was with Belichick for years, both in Cleveland and in New England. We'll have to see what he thinks. But first, though, let's just look at the consequence from a Vegas perspective. All right, Fez, how do we rate players in Vegas? By points. How many points per game? We don't often rate coaches, but when it's the genius, and that's what we call Belichick the genius, well, he matters. Let's start with Brady. Right now, on a per-game basis, how many points is Brady worth? Brady is worth six points over his backup Hoyer. Okay, six points. Now, I know Aaron Rodgers is worth 10. So are we saying that that Brady just isn't even in the class of Rodgers? Absolutely not. They're comparable quarterbacks. But Kaiser, the backup quarterback for Rodgers, is way inferior to Hoyer as a backup. And that's an important lesson, guys, is it's always relative. The old joke, Joe Montana, how much was he worth? Eh, about a half a point when... Steve Young was his backup. Hoyer, what, top five, I would make the case, backup quarterbacks? I'd make the case if I were drafting, I maybe would take Hoyer 25th, 20th. I think Hoyer's better than maybe six or seven starters right now, in my opinion. What do you think? I think you could make that case way better than, say, a Trubisky or someone like that. Yeah, I agree with that. And remember, when San Francisco had Hoyer starting last year, they did not lose a single game by more than a field goal. Lost a lot of close ones. But then when uh, I think Bathard was the follow-up, and, uh, oh, things got tough before Jimmy G showed up. And then when Jimmy G showed up, Fez, your life got better because we all know Fez and Jimmy G. I love Jimmy G. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> you don't hear that bass. Like that, 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 that low end of his voice. Like say, say something right now, Fez. Say, I am Steve Fezzik. I am Steve Fezzik. Oh, hold on, hold on. Now, this is him when he's talking about Jimmy G. I love Jimmy G. No, Jonas, <laughs> does that sound the same to you? I, I, I don't think the people on the movie Alive, if they were to drop a steak out of the sky, would have sounded that happy about food being delivered uh, as opposed to having uh, dead bodies lying around as, as his love for Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's only growing. I have not seen it simmer down at all. Well, listen... If he gets drinking a couple of white wine spritzers <laughs> right, when you come to Vegas, he'll tell you about the Darwinian sense where the jawline and the symmetrical features in a leader. <laughs> and, I mean, he'll tell you a story why he likes Jimmy G. But I think it's more visceral. Okay, six points for Brady. I agree with that, Fez. Where do we put Belichick? Points per game. Three and a half points per game versus an average NFL coach. Okay. How I was thinking about this before the show. How do we break it down? I think there's three big buckets when it comes to coaching value. One is prior to the week of the game. So uh, spring ball, game planning in the summer, all the things around that, I think that's bucket one. Bucket two is the week of the game, getting the game plan in place, et cetera. Number three is in-game. Oh, look, they're playing this, you know, cover three. What do we do? Balachek says, do this. So three and a half points, you add them up. How much is, and we'll just go down to three buckets. How much of those three and a half points would you say is up until prior to the week of the game? One point. 
The week of the game, but not the game itself. One additional point. Okay, now I did pretty well on my SATs. So one and a half is left in-game. The genius is a master in in-game adjustments and decisions. Okay, there's one other bucket I'm not sure we're addressing here, and I want to hit you with it. What about the appeal? Yesterday we talked about the idea that the Browns wide receiver came over. Would he have necessarily been all anxious to come to another team if it weren't for Belichick. Now, I get certain players are going to think, oh, Belichick's tough. We're not having fun, a la, what was that, Johnson with the Eagles was saying, if I remember, or one of the Eagles was saying, well, we win Super Bowls and we have fun. Maybe the Pats won a few Super Bowls more, but they don't have any fun. Some guys are going to self-select away from the Patriots, but a guy like Gordon that's trying to gain redemption Maybe Belichick is attractive to sign a guy like that. Do you think that's worth anything? That is a great point. I think it is. I hadn't even thought about this, but getting a Randy Moss to come to your organization and getting him to play and follow the rules at a top level, maybe that's worth, gosh, could it be an additional point? Maybe. So regardless, three and a half, four, four and a half, let's say a minimum three and a half Belichick is worth points per game. Brady six. So at least from a Vegas perspective, Brady is more valuable than Belichick. Jonas, thoughts? Uh, I don't. Do you think wide receivers actually choose places to go based on the coach? I think they go there based on the quarterback because for all the wide receivers that have come through New England that are no longer there, all of them seem to have a great relationship still with Tom Brady. I don't see any of them still having a great relationship with Bill Belichick. When they get together in the offseason and they work out, it's never Belichick, Brady, Amendola, and these guys going to Brady's house in Montana. It's just Brady and the wide receivers. So I don't you know. know- for as you know, great of poker, a, a, a yeah. front office executive as Belichick is, I think Brady's still the appeal there. You know, in poker, we say, come over the top. I think Jonas just, at least he called the bet. Because I do think Brady's going to have that same, you know, sex appeal, football sex appeal. I'm going to go play with Brady. I mean, even on a show that I have a special affinity for, Ballers, is when uh, the um, Ricky Jarrett character was talking about where he was going to go. I think it was the second season. He's like, I'm going up to play with Brady, right? So I think that these are two, a rare quarterback in Brady and a rare head coach in Belichick that, that does, they both draw in talent. And I think maybe we would call that a wash. So let's remove that from the equation for both. We're left with six points for Brady, three and a half for Belichick. Clearly Brady more valuable. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Last thing on Brady. Right now, you've got the Pats, Fez, and you rank the power rankings 1-32. to 32. Where's the Patriots? Patriots are the second best team in the NFL. And the Rams are first. Now, this one I disagree with, but hey, you won the Super Contest twice. What would the line be? Neutral field, Rams, Patriots this week. I have the Rams a three-point favorite over the Patriots. Now, remember, guys, Yesterday, if you listened, we have a fun new thing, and here's what it is. If you're a wise guy, if you're a pro batter like Fezzik, and you say something, you've got to be willing to back it with cash every second of every show because we have a little green button, and it makes this sound. And at any time, any of the other pros around the roundtable, myself included, can press it, and we press a bet 
as in, hey, you like that team? I like the other team. And the bets are 100 bucks a crack. And, Fez, you and I bet yesterday you had the Rams as a pick, 6-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. I said, I'll book it. So you're betting 100 to win 600 on the Rams with me. Obviously, I'm not as high on the Rams as you are. And we'll be breaking down in the next day or two the Patriots going to and playing Detroit. Guys, now we go to the Vegas lead. Antonio Brown, after missing practice on Monday, a no-show. He is back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you actually look at the line moves, and whenever there's a game on the board, Jonas, you can watch the ebbs and the flows of public sentiment. And what we saw here was, obviously, there's the Fitzpatrick, or now known as Fitzmagic, and obviously the Steelers, zero wins, a lot of turnovers in game one, tied the Browns. That doesn't sound good at all, tying the Browns. And this game, it's in Tampa, Monday Night Football. Steelers opened up, favored by two and a half points. Two and a half. Then when the Brown turmoil erupted, the line went pretty much to pick them. So two and a half points of movement away from Pittsburgh towards Tampa Bay. Now, in the last 24 hours or so, as things have settled down and Brown seems solidified this week and in the future, also with Pittsburgh, the lines move back up to a point and a half. So Steelers now favored by one and a half. It's a little less than it was, two and a half, but it's better for Pittsburgh than it was yesterday because the Brown thing has seemed to settle down. When we come back, we're going to talk about more NFL, including where Fezzik disagrees with the public power rankings more than any other team and a little Jimmy Butler. That's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive, and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a minute, one of us will go head-to-head with ESPN. Ooh, that sounds good. First, though, we bring Vegas to you when you can't be here right now on the Vegas Strip. 101 degrees, that's 101, and the neon is flowing. So, guys, ESPN's power ratings are out. They come out weekly. It's the NFL power ratings for ESPN. One of us here flat out disagrees with the power ratings of a couple of teams for ESPN, which leads us to a little NFL, a little straight out of Vegas first ESPN conversation. Oh, well, we know who the underdog is there, baby, because we will bet you on. I'd, I'd love to get some of those talking heads, not just at ESPN, anywhere. Fox, that's fine. You know, we should have a little picking contest, put up maybe like a 50K. You know, we can give 10% to charity. I, I think we have enough overlay, Fez. Not a lot of sports analysts quitting their jobs to come bet in Vegas for a living. Well, I wish they did. <laughs> the bookies certainly do. But all that said... I think guys like Lombardi, guys like Joel Klatt here in about 10 minutes have massive information we don't have. It's just what Vegas does best is we assimilate that information from multiple sources. 
and quantify it with a spread and find out where there's value. Okay, first team, we got three of them. We're going to go through quickly, Fez. You have a disagreement with Kansas City. Your power rating's 1 to 32. You can get those at my Twitter account, at RJ in Vegas. We'll be putting those out after the show, 1 to 32. ESPN says Kansas City is number three, third best team. Where do you got them? I have them as my number seven rated team. All right, so you are not as high on KC. I agree more with you. If you look at Football Outsiders, DVOA, uh, which is pretty much ranking how good these teams are, Kansas City has the best offense. Kansas City has the best special teams. Kansas City has the worst defense. Not number 31, number 32. I don't know if you can be the third best team with the worst defense. By the way, KC at home, first home game, laying six and a half to San Fran. And Jimmy G, what's your gut? We'll be breaking that game down in more detail Thursday, Friday. What's your first gut feeling? I love Jimmy G. I'm ah, on the 49 His voice changed again. <laughs> oh, all right, next team. Houston, Houston. ESPN has them at 22. You've got them. 11. Number 11. Now, this one is harder for me to understand. I understand everyone's excited about Mahomes. Usually the media talking heads are going to be driven by the storylines. I don't get this one. Where did you have Houston before the season? Had them eighth, I believe. So it's just a small drop. We saw the Patriots not look good at all in week two. They controlled and dominated Houston in week one. And then we see Houston against a Tennessee team with, what, two or three linemen out? And Gabbert at quarterback. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's where I was going next. And they still lose that game. And somehow you think, yeah, you know, they were eighth, maybe a smidge less. I mean, I agree with ESPN more here. I would say they're more towards, I'm not even sure I wouldn't just play and agree. I was going to say 18. I'm not sure if they're even, I think they're below average for sure. Offensive line, atrocious. What have you seen from Houston that you like at all? Other than the remnants of, oh, you know, Deshaun Watson looked pretty good for like three and a half games last year. I saw them completely dominate the last three quarters of the game against the Titans. And whoa, 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 whoa. The game they lost, they dominated? They tr- the last three quarters, they trailed 14 oh, nothing. So those points don't count at the beginning or the end. This is fascinating. I think the fake punt was completely unsustainable. Vrabel had some trick trickery in the first quarter, and the Tennessee got out to a big lead. And they held the big lead. How much did that? What was the final score? 20 to 17. 20 to 17. Whew. All right. Um, we'll just say this. This is why there's chocolate and vanilla. Let me ask Jonas. Coming from the fans' perspective here, as you look at Houston, if someone told you on the street, let's say a guy with a fanny pack and a beer belly, and he shaved on Sunday, you could tell today's Wednesday, he shaved on Sunday, and he said, you know, Houston, that Deshaun Watson is good. I think they're they're just almost as good as I thought they were early in the year. What would you say? I would disagree. Uh, I, I don't think, and, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not a believe. I'm not as much of a believer in Deshaun Watson as everybody else is. Um, I think he's still trying to come back from injury. I just, 
I don't buy them, even though, you know, and, and maybe I did put a little bit of coin on Houston to win that division, and it's not looking too hot right now. But I just, well, I don't. Apparently, it's it's just as good as it was at the beginning uh, of the year. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm trying to figure. I got a better question for you, though. This is, and I'm fascinated I doubt, by this. I doubt it's okay, better okay, than well, the question I just it, asked. It's at least going to be neck and neck, right? I won't give, <laughs> I won't give it the lead, but it's going to be neck and neck. How do you what goes into power ratings and powering and all everybody's got power ratings is it just the optics who looks better who like how much it, it, information are you gathering yeah, to come so, up with this The key thing is there's two different types of numbers you can put on a game one is a bookmaking number what does that mean you're thinking like a bookmaker and that means you want to try to split the action so let's say you think, okay, Houston's not very good, but boy, people love them, or at least people like them more than the average team because of Watson, and thus we're going to higher rank them because of the public perception. That's a bookmaking number. What Fezzik does is create a betters number. A betters number is trying to split the result. What line would make the favorite win 50% and the dog win 50%? So really what Fezzik's trying to do with his power ratings is remove everything that's not true. Every and, and really, the difference between a bookmaking line, Jonas, and a betters line is where the value is. It's what Fezzik sees clearly that the regular recreational better doesn't, and thus he's trying to say how good the team is objectively. Nothing else matters with your power ratings. Would you agree with that, Fez? 100%. Okay, let's go to the next third team here, Tampa Bay. Now, this team, ESPN, has it 11. You've got them at 20. So you're saying, hey, Houston looked horrible, but I liked them at the beginning, and I'm Fezzik, so I'm going to take it all very, very seriously. In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the world. So you can say Houston 0-2, that's fine. They're still good. Tampa Bay and Fitzpatrick, one of the greatest starts for a quarterback ever. I think it was behind only Tom Brady by Football Outsiders ever, at least in their uh, the time they've had stats, which I think it goes back to the 80s. You're going to wave your hand and say, ah, that doesn't matter much. I got them number 20. This is a below-average team. Make your case for Tampa Bay being below average. Well, they've certainly played as an above-average team, but I feel Obviously. it's unsustainable. If I look now, at— That's an interesting word. Why? If I look at Fitzpatrick, the last three years, he's averaged 6.8 yards per play. He has never deviated more than 0.1 from that number. He's been super consistent. Two games, small data point. He's averaging over 13 yards per pass So this play. is just simply saying everything you've seen, fans, forget about it. It doesn't really matter because how Fitzpatrick played three years ago for another team with other coaches and another receiver. Well, he played for So let Tampa me ask you a question. Year. How long did you say that about Case Keenum last year? At what point, at what week of the year did you stop saying that? Halfway through. It took eight weeks. I was stuck. You sure it was week nine? <laughs> I'm thinking it might have been week 12 or 13. Possible. Okay. <laughs> here's, here's, here's what I'll say about Tampa that makes me a little more optimistic. And I love to listen to the analytics guys, uh, especially on podcasts where they're trying to explain their numbers a little bit. And what they, I think it was the guys at the Ringer said, if you look at the coaching, Cutters let the OC step up 
and they've been doing some really ambitious. Now, have you watched the Tampa Bay games? I have. As you've looked fast at the offensive schemes, doesn't it seem like they're pl- running a different kind of offense than they did last year? Absolutely. It's pass first. They're looking to go downfield on first downs. All right. So the question is, it seems like Fitzpatrick's a year older, which can be good or bad. I don't think he's so old that he's dropping off physically yet. He's got maybe the best wide receivers in football and a new age coach that really is approaching things differently. And as a lot of people have said, Tampa's had so many high draft choices. They've got a lot of talent. It's just never come together. So I'm not so sure if the, oh, he used to stink, so this has to be a fluke. I think usually that's the right approach. But I think in this case, in this case, maybe not. Guys, there's more odds that are out, and we'll get to those here coming up in just a moment. We do want to let you know we are brought to you by True Car, where car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Okay, real quick, and then we're going to the news update. Talking about Cutter, he entered the season, Brad Powers, as the favorite to get fired first. Now, not even close to being the favorite to be fired first. Right now, who is the favorite to be fired first? McDermott from the Buffalo Bills. Clearly the favorite to be fired first. Okay, so right now, what's the odds? McDermott is 4-1. to one. Okay, 4-1. to one. Who's next? Hugh Jackson, 5-1. to one. Okay. And then O'Brien at 10-1 to one, and Arizona Wilkes at 10-1 to one as well. Okay, here's what strikes me. I don't think it's going to be the Buffalo coach. And the reason being, they put themselves in this situation. They cut McCarron, and obviously they cut him for a reason. They drafted a project, as Colin says, a quarterback. Not a prospect, a project. How can you blame something? You you trade away uh, an average quarterback in Taylor, and you draft a project, and then the guy you sign for a decent amount of money, you cut, and you have maybe the worst quarterback that stepped onto the field this century in Peterman, the Peterman incident, as we call it, when he plays. How can you blame this guy? If you're going to fire him now, you should have fired him before the season. Now listen, uh, front offices can do whatever they want. Owners own the team. I just don't think it would be logical right now to fire McDermott because I don't think they've done anything. We thought that they they were the worst team coming in, Buffalo, and we think they're the worst team now. The idea that the coach is at fault, boy, it seems like he would just be a scapegoat. Maybe he will be. I don't think so. In just one minute, we were joined by Joel Klatt to make some money in college football. But first, here is Dan Beyer for What's Trending. Baltimore Ravens losing some money there. $200,000 for violating the NFL's policy on in-game communications. During the preseason, Ravens violated the rules by having multiple players wearing helmets with coach-to-player communications. Some other news in the NFL. Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown was at the team's facility today after missing Monday's meetings and film sessions. Brian Antonio, he and I met yesterday uh, for an extended period of time. Uh, I'll lead the nature of that conversation between us. Uh, there was discipline involved for his missed meeting for Monday. Uh, some of the other things we talked about extensively, he'll, he'll speak for himself in some of those things. That Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette returned to practice today after missing week two with a sore hamstring. 
Browns have listed wide receiver Jarvis Landry as questionable for tomorrow's game against the Jets because of a sore knee. In baseball, Braves topped the Cardinals 7-3. St. Louis just a game up on the Rockies for the final wild card, while Atlanta's magic number in the NL East is 6. And in the NBA, Timberwolves guard Jimmy Butler requested a trade from the team today. Butler reportedly gave the Wolves a list of three teams that he'd like to sign a contract extension with. ESPN says those teams are the Clippers, Nets, and Knicks. Butler can also opt out of his contract after the upcoming season, guys. Thanks, Dan. We are coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I am Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan, and he is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. And we're excited to be joined by Joel Klatt from Fox Sports and a true college football specialist. How are you doing, Joel? How are you guys doing? Well, let me tell you, we've watched you and listened on the herd for a while now, and it seems like you've been pretty good at dealing with Colin's amateur level questions on gambling. So we thought we'd bring <laughs> you into the lines down here. You ready to go? You bet. All right. First question Where do you rank Alabama this century? We've been looking at our Vegas rankings, we've been looking at the Sagarin rankings. Uh, it seems like Texas is in the conversation with Vince Young. It seems like that Miami team in 01's in the conversation. Obviously not a ton of data yet on this Bama team. Where do you got them? Well, I think that remains to be seen. I will give you a few more data points to support their claim. Um, If you look at the five national championships that Nick Saban has won at Alabama – and you average out their scoring offense in those five years, and then you look at it in relation to what they have been so far this year, what you'll see is that they're scoring about 21 more points per game this year than they of last year's Rose Bowl together, which would be Oklahoma's offense and then Georgia's defense, because that's one thing that Alabama is still doing is still playing top 10 defense. Um, if they play like this the whole year, they they will probably be – at least in my estimation, one of the two or three greatest teams of all time. And I actually thought the two best teams that, that I ever saw play played against each other in that 05 National Championship. So for me, it would be 05 USC against 2005 Texas and Vince Young. And that was a Vince Young team that I actually had to play against when I was at Colorado twice that season, both in the state of Texas. VY was the single best football player I've ever been on the field with. And I think that's fair to say. I mean, the only other college player that just looked like a different level to me was Barry Sanders in his day. But I I think uh, I agree with Joel 100%. And by the way, Joel, you can follow him on Twitter. It's pretty simple, at Joel Klatt. Let me ask you this about Saban. One of the beauties of being a big-name reporter and and someone who's calling the games, and you're calling the Wisconsin-Iowa game this weekend, is you get to talk to these guys directly. Do you feel like Saban was just waiting for a new age elite quarterback that he could live with? Or, and, and, and finally when Tua came along, it was like, here's the guy, like the 38-year-old that gets married, let's say. <laughs> I finally found her. Or did he, you think, get convinced Saban that it was going to be hard to win in the modern era without a gunslinger? I think that what you're seeing right now is the product of a couple of the defeats that he suffered earlier this decade. 
When when you have Cam Newton beat you and he's transcendent, or Johnny Manziel beat you and he's transcendent, or just Deshaun Watson beat you and he's transcendent, I think that Saban started to change the style of quarterback that he wanted in his system because it was very clearly a certain type of quarterback for a lot of years, and then it started to morph. And it started to morph because of those games in which he had to defend these other quarterbacks across from him that just were candidly indefensible um, at times. And so I think two is the quarterback at Alabama because Johnny Menzel beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa and because Deshaun Watson a couple of years ago uh, beat them in the national championship game. And and candidly, I, I, I really believe that he has adjusted to the modern era in the modern game, very similar to how Bob Stoops did it, very similar to how Gary Patterson's had to do it. All these defensive-oriented coaches from their roots have at some point had to adjust the style that they're not only recruiting but also playing and philosophically using on the offensive end. I think it's a product of that. He is Joel Klatt, Fox college football analyst, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas here on FSR. Joel, you sent a tweet out a couple hours ago that I found interesting. 12 new coaches at current uh, at current program in the Power Five and an 18-17 record overall. And they have struggled. But are any of those coaches, which are you most concerned with, might be a one-and-done situation at their current, destiny, at their current spot? Well, I, I think that Willie Taggart is a concern only because, you know, I – I don't know if it was a great hire. I know they tried to talk themselves into it being a great hire because of his success at USF uh, and his ties to that area. But the, the fact of the matter is is that they felt scorned by Jimbo Fisher, and they went out and they got somebody uh, kind of quickly, very similar to how somebody, let's say in high school, gets dumped, and then the next person that walks by, they're like, yeah, man, let's date, you know. <laughs> so, um, that's the way it kind of feels like because if you go back to his last 13 games as a head coach he's five and eight and and when you look at what he is against ranked opponents in his last eight uh tries he's one and seven six of those games have been by 23 or more um you know it's it's a tough deal uh, when you look at his record and the way that they've been playing i've always thought that you can be better in areas even even if you're not a better team as long as you're a good coach and I, evidence of that is chip kelly i think oregon um, obviously that system offensively was going to be hard to install at UCLA, but what you do see is that they're better in some areas, namely running the football than they were a year ago. They're better on defense than they were a year ago, but you can't say the same for Florida state. In fact, you know, they're, I think upwards of 12 points worse in their scoring per game offensively. They're six points worse in their scoring per game defensively. And they're about three penalties more per game than they were a year ago. So almost in every category, you're looking at a team that is worse off now than it was a year ago. And it was a team that returned eight starters on offense, including getting a quarterback back from injury in DeAndre Francois. Um, that's a program that won 54 games in the last five years. And so I think that's a concerning trend. Um, now, whether that means it's one and done, I'm not sure, but certainly concerning with the way that they played against Syracuse, getting totally handled in that game. Yeah, Joel talking Florida State there. Last question, and we'll keep this one very generic because you are calling Wisconsin at Iowa this Saturday, 8.30 Eastern time on Fox. Two theories going around town here about Wisconsin. One, they got exposed last week by BYU. The other I find more interesting, Joel, is the idea that the one kind of team BYU can step up in class against is a team that relies on physical play because 
They're older after their missions, et cetera. And it wasn't so much that Wisconsin's that bad. It was a matter of the matchup being something that made the teams more competitive, Wisconsin versus BYU, than it would seem so. Which side do you come down on your takeaway from Wisconsin last week? Well, I, I do find it interesting that when you get these teams that have a throwback, you know, huddle-up style of offense, that's a very a pro style of offense almost, it, it's almost more difficult for them to play a like-minded team. Uh, you know, it's, it's awkward for them. They like to line up and, and, and pound on the teams that try to play with tempo, and they're maybe stronger than. So I, I do buy kind of that latter portion of what you talked about, Um but I, I will say that I, I just found it more alarming that they weren't able to run the fall, ball with the efficiency that they normally do. And then I think maybe more alarming than, than even that is the fact that their defense gave up some big plays. Going into that game, they had given up uh, you know, only three plays of over 20 yards on the season. They gave up four just last week. So that, that I think that is more concerning. When I talk with our coaches this week, what you hear a lot of is get back to the fundamentals of defense, get back into being gap sound, so on and so forth. But I don't, I never got the sense from them that they felt like physically BYU was a good matchup for them, you know, or, or that, that that was a, a tough matchup for them. Uh, I think Joel, BYU just played well. That's Joel Klatt, a true expert, Fox Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Joel Klatt. Thank you, Joel. When we come back, we will give you, we've been giving you bets the whole show. We're going to give you the very best bet of the day. That's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you always wanted here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm RJ Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. As we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Steve Fezzik, you're known as the dirtiest player in the game. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. But in Jersey, big dispute between the bookmaker, a bookmaker, FanDuel, and a better. Yeah, so Denver's playing Oakland late in the game, and FanDuel puts up a bad line. They have the Denver Broncos 750 to 1 in a game that the Broncos are at that point favored to win. Several betters. So, so let's be clear. In game, they have an algorithm. So the computer is generating what the odds should be because it's happening so quickly, it's going to be hard for a human. A computer glitch, as they say. And boom, something that should have been, what should the odds have been? The Denver should have been a 6-1 to favorite. All right, so bet 6 to win 1, and they were a what? A 750-1 to underdog. So now what would you have done in that spot? I would have bet it. How much? As much as I could get them to approve. I'm the dirtiest player <laughs> in the game. <laughs> now, a lot of talk on Twitter about how to handle this. I'll be honest. I don't like bookies. Bookies are bad. You're going to hear me say that because they want to take our money. Who? What kind of sicko is thinking, oh, I like the guy trying to take my money. Eh, you're not going to get that on straight out of Vegas. All that said, if they make a mistake and it's a reasonable line, the person betting it reasonably thought this was a real bet, I think the bookies got to honor their mistake. When it's obviously not a legitimate line, I side with the bookies. I think no bet. Now, obviously, you always want to get paid 
What do you think is the fair resolution here? I agree with you as far as a fair resolution, but if the bet had been made in Nevada, tickets go as written, Nevada books would have had to pay. Well, some say as written, but other times you can go to the commission. I'm not so sure it's that clean here in Nevada. We can talk about that. Oh, go ahead. You got one? I've, I've been in this situation before, and I got paid on a bet that was ridiculous. And and uh, you didn't care, though? There was no, like, maybe I should give it back? It, you didn't care? It was actually a friend of mine. And you just still took it from him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, soon enough, we'll tell you the story when Fezzik, he, he takes pride in getting ticket writers fired because he knows if he gets over on them enough for them to get fired, then he got over on them. I'm R.J. Bell. That's not me. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. We do this in the last block every, every day, 6 to 7 Eastern, right here. It's a best bet, and it's from the guy with all the college knowledge, Brad Powers. Yeah, so Saturday, college football action. Baylor is playing Kansas. We're going to go with Baylor minus 7.5. I get it. There's a lot of excitement for Kansas football right now. I'm saying pump the brakes a little bit. Historical lines for Kansas football. They're favored over Power 5 teams. I'm going to give you a historical performance. Last two games for Kansas. This century, no team has been plus six in turnovers in back-to-back games. That's what's helped Kansas. Have so you're saying they were plus six in one game? Plus they six won, the next week. And plus six the next. So plus 12 combined. Plus 12 in two games. And we know turnovers have a huge element of luck. We also know turnovers make a big difference in a game. No question about it, it does. And in this case, they're taking on a Baylor team that has owned this series. They've won and covered six straight over Kansas. Even last year, Baylor won one game. That one game, they crushed Kansas 38-9. to They'll crush Kansas again. Give me the Bears minus 7.5. That's the best bet from Brad Powers. Guys, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by True Car. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We promised Jimmy Butler talk. Let's do it quickly. Butler talking a lot about potentially wanting out of Minnesota, being more explicit than that. From a Vegas perspective, Jimmy Butler's worth about three and a half points per game. Fez, that's pretty significant. There's only about a dozen players in the NBA worth more than Jimmy Butler. So let's say quickly if he went to the Clippers, which is the best team he's talking about, what would you put the odds on the Clippers winning the title? They would drop from 200 to 1 to 100 to 1. So big upgrade, but still, even of all the teams, the Knicks, the Clippers, the Nets, that's the one team, the Clippers, still, though, would only be 100 to 1 with Jimmy Butler. He's R.J. Bell, the voice of Vegas. I am Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. Straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, 6 Eastern time. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free 
Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 